This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode. Today, we're talking about simple nutrition tips for fat loss. And let me just go ahead and, and start by saying that fat loss, it, it can just feel overwhelming. I'll just, I'm just going to go ahead and say it out as, say it how probably a lot of you are feeling before you even hit play. <laughs> Maybe once you saw the title of this, this episode, you might've had the hesitation about listening to it. And I'm, I'm really glad that you're here and you're listening to it anyways, even if you might have a little bit of discomfort around the topic of fat loss. But I know fat loss can feel exceptionally overwhelming for a lot of us, especially when there are such conflicting things on the internet or with your favorite fit pro on Instagram or whoever you follow. And that's why I really wanted to talk about just just a few tips that can hopefully guide you to some fat loss if that's something that you desire. And that's not saying that everyone needs to be aiming for fat loss because I don't believe that that is the case either and that's not really warranted. So I'm going to go ahead and start off by saying that I'm personally not of the quote-unquote smaller bodies are better bodies or healthier bodies bullshit mindset. That is just not how I roll. That's not my philosophy. That is not what I believe in. Case in point that I'm going to share with you, very personal story, was when I was around about 110 pounds and about I'd say like 13 to 15% body fat. And this was just a few years ago. I was just trying to get lean just because I was curious what my body was capable of. At the time, and this is actually before I had started Shift Human Performance, or at the time it was Meru Wellness. And it was, I, I had started my business, but I had st- I was still coaching people part-time at that point. So keep that in mind. Um, sure, I was lifting like crazy and I did PR all of my lifts. Like all of my lifetime lifts were PR'd back then. And uh, that was, I think like 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Not too long ago. And I mean, I I looked amazing. (laughs) Like I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And I'm not saying that in a cocky manner, but that is hands down the best that my body has ever looked in my entire life. I was strong. My quads were Oh my God, my quads were huge. They were so strong. I had, you know, the teardrop quad, which is is a little bit harder for me to get. I even had calves, which those are also difficult for me to get. Um, And I mean, I kind of looked a little bit like a bodybuilder. And that was the intention was because I do come from a family of bodybuilders and powerlifters. And I was just curious what I could potentially do with my body. And uh, I don't know, part of me is actually... I might actually change the the photo that's used in in the the photo for this podcast episode. I might talk to my assistant and get that changed because I might want to share a photo from that time when I was exceptionally lean, but I was so strong, had six pack abs, everything, right? Uh, I looked like a fitness professional, quote unquote, what you think a fitness professional would look like. But I had high blood pressure and my lack of sleep restful sleep was intense. I was not sleeping very well. This is when I was in corporate. I was traveling still fairly frequently at that point. Um, but I looked amazing. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I said it, you know, I felt really good. I felt incredibly confident. 
And, uh, I definitely did have actually a lot of energy considering that I did have a high blood pressure and I wasn't really sleeping very well, but I will say, you know, that was hands down the best that my thick thighs have ever looked in my life and my ass. Oh my God. Um, but you have to celebrate those times when you did look really good or you felt really good and felt confident, celebrate those times and still celebrate the, the, how your body is right now. All right. Keep in mind though, 110 pounds, about 15, 13% body fat, according to my DEXA scan that I had. Um, but I was also dying prematurely from stress and high blood pressure. So consider that that sure as hell was not healthy. So please stop judging people and their health or fitness based on what the hell that they look like on the outside, because I think that that is the worst possible thing that we can do for others. That is not compassionate by any means. That is extremely judgmental. We honestly, you, I, we have no right to judge someone else's body or someone else's situation based on how they look. That is such an asshole thing to do. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. All right. Sure. Judge all you want, but God, keep it, keep it to yourself. Don't say it out loud. Don't, you know, and then with time, try to get yourself, get your brain away from that. Um, I see it a lot in the fitness industry. I see it a lot by other coaches, by other, uh, fitness professionals, you know, where they do automatically judge folks for just how their body looks. And that is very unfortunate. So please know that is a philosophy that I'm coming at from this next. I also wanted to set a few disclaimers or caveats before we do dive into today's discussion. First thing is that desiring fat loss is okay. It's okay. That doesn't mean that you're a part of the toxic diet culture or anything like that. It just means that you want to lose a few pounds or maybe you want to lose 20 or maybe you want to lose 50 pounds. I don't care. It is no big deal. What you want to lose on your body is totally up to you and the story that you're telling yourself. I wish folks could stop being so polarizing in this and claiming, oh, it's diet culture. You shouldn't ever want to lose weight. It is okay to not be on board with diet culture and still want to lose a freaking few pounds. So let's, again, stop polarizing this bullshit. (sighs) Take a breath, Jen, or your blood pressure will come back up. Uh, (laughs) Next, aiming to lose some weight off your body isn't a bad thing. It's simply something that you want to do. You know, perhaps you are high in cholesterol. Maybe you're obese, or maybe you just want to move a little bit more easily or take some pressure off your joints. I don't know. I'm just standing here thinking about things that people have come to me for, for advice and and guidance and coaching. Whatever your reason is, great, because guess what? That is your reason and your reason alone. But please don't attempt to starve yourself through the process or eliminate entire food groups or everything that you love, you know, because I truly do believe that there is a balance and that balance does look different for everyone based on their triggers and coping mechanisms, personality, and a variety of other things, but it's okay to want to lose a few pounds. Don't, don't feel guilty about that. Um, but also don't drive yourself into the ground literally and figuratively in the process of doing so. And then on that note, I do want to go ahead and, and talk about how you should really keep in mind that your high school body or your college body or your body 10 years ago is just that it's your high school body or your college body or your body 10 years ago. All right. That is your past body and your body that you are in right now is the body that you are in right now. This is your season of life. The seasons of your life vary and they ebb and flow. Embrace that. Enjoy the ride. It's a great roller coaster. 
and you know do at the time at the same time try to pay respects to all that your body has been through through those seasons maybe that involved a loss or a major injury or a death in the family or a close death and that is okay because again there are coping mechanisms and food is the easiest by far. Food and alcohol are, are the easiest ways to cope with things because they are generally speaking very readily available for us because they are usually only a few feet away from us in our kitchen uh, or at the local bar or whatever. And it's not to say that they are poor coping mechanisms. They just aren't, the, they shouldn't be the only coping mechanism tool in your toolbox, Okay. So that is a discussion maybe for another day, but biggest thing is just to try to pay respect to your body and all that it has been through and all that it has given you. The, the act of movement, the act of moving through your life. If you're a biker, great. You're able to bike. You're able to thrive and live in your, in your body and in your current life the way that your body is. So give thanks to it and know that it is showing up for you every day as best as it can. Learning to love your body is also a great skill to develop. And I will say therapists, mental health professionals are phenomenal at helping you do this and show yourself some compassion if you're open to therapy. So if you are having a difficult time with learning to love those love handles or learning to love your body and all of its little nooks and crannies, <laughs> then reach out to a therapist who specializes in self-compassion or self-love or, or things like that. And I will say most therapists are usually very skilled in that, uh, but definitely find someone that fits you and your personality. So all of those caveats out of the way, let's dive in. So I have some five, five tips today that we're going to talk about. We, we already got through the uncomfortable stuff, so let's dive into the fun stuff. <laughs> All right, so first tip here is think about what you can add to your diet instead of taking away. Maybe that means more protein, um, more non-starchy vegetables like greens and some, some other fun cruciferous stuff like cauliflower and broccoli and carrots and all of that stuff. Basically, this is the color. these are the colorful foods that you you find in the produce section in your local grocery store or market or farmer's market or whatever. And squashes and potatoes, you know, those are, are considered starchy FYI, but they're perfectly okay to eat. So don't ostracize those things either, but let's definitely consider diversifying your diet and making it, making it colorful AF and, but naturally colorful AF. I should, I should put a little asterisk there on my, on my note here. But think about adding in more protein and veggies. And by doing that, you're giving your body exactly what it needs to thrive and lose fat, extra body fat, in an ideal manner. You know, protein is great for managing uh, cravings. I almost forgot the word. It helps you manage cravings. It also helps with really every cellular process in your entire body. It helps with recovery. If you have sore legs, if you get sore easily after your workout and the soreness lasts and you're hydrating well and things like that, and you're sleeping well, that's, uh, that's tip number five, by the way, you know, so I'm not going to jump ahead though, but sleep is tip number five. Um, but protein will help you with that recovery and just help you not feel, have your legs not feel so heavy while you're biking. Now, of course, I know protein can be a little bit of a difficulty 
for, you know, vegans and vegetarians and things like that, but not really. I think, again, it's just a matter of diversifying how you're eating as a vegan or a vegetarian and getting some seed and, you know, get adding some tofu in, adding some nuts and seeds, adding, 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 and not necessarily taking away. Now, vegetables are great for fiber and they're great for filling you up and making you feel less hungry. And also, most importantly, adding in all of those micronutrients. Micronutrients basically are are vitamins and minerals that can give you energy, that can make you more, can set your body up more for success when it comes to losing fat. All right. So think about what you can add to your diet. And then the next step, number two, is thinking about what you can, on the opposite end of the spectrum, what you can subtract from your diet. You know, maybe, maybe take away that extra beer or bourbon or glass of wine after work. I mean, do you really need two or three glasses? I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, or after your next mountain bike ride, this is a popular thing, whether you're a roadie, gravel rider, or a mountain bike rider, you know, going to the local pub and grabbing a beer or going to the local brewery. I sound like I'm fucking in Europe. Um, going to the local brewery and grabbing a beer after your ride. You know, maybe after that next bike ride, you should reach for a kombucha instead of a pint. You know, little changes like this here and there add up seriously to massive changes with consistency. I'll give you some other ideas here off the top of my head. Um, Maybe think about eating a leaner protein to help reduce your animal fat intake, especially if you do have high cholesterol. This is going to be one of the best things that you can do just to help lower saturated fat and animal fat. You know, consider swapping out your beef with bison. I freaking love bison. Of course, I live in Colorado, so I do have it more readily available. But, you know, check out Sprouts. Check out your local grocery store and see what they have. And and also see if a farmer, you know, here in Colorado or Wyoming or here in the great American West, where there are a fair amount of bison farmers, see if a local farmer can actually ship to your your address in your state. Uh, You can also consider using a leaner turkey if you, if you eat turkey, if you eat meat, period, um, you know, or maybe if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, consider less cheese or butter on top of your potatoes. You know, maybe that's a good place to start for you. And, um, Ooh, what about, what about that pint of ice cream after a stressful day at work or that whole chocolate bar? I mean, maybe it can look like a quarter of that chocolate bar at first, or maybe a quarter of that pint of ice cream at first, or maybe it's just going to be a different, ice cream that's a little bit lower in fat. Like whatever it is for you, just think about what you can start to take away from your diet. And guess what? You're probably not going to notice it very much because of step number one, because you're adding things to your diet. You're adding, especially protein, adding protein to your diet and making sure that you're getting at least, I'd say 70% of your body weight in grams of protein is going to be a really good starting point. Now that could be a lot for a lot of individuals, especially if you are overweight or obese. So, you know, start with maybe at least half, at least 50%. So when I say 70%, you know, basically I'm trying to tell you to take your body weight in pounds, you know? So if you're, I can't do math off the top of my head, so I've literally gotten my calculator out. So if you're a 150 pound human, and you take 70% of that, so 0.7 times that, it's going to be 105. So aim for 105 grams of, of protein. What that looks like, in case in case you're curious, if you look at the palm of your hand, without your fingers and your thumb, just the palm in terms of thickness and general size, that is going to be about three to four ounces of protein, which is roughly 20 to 30 grams of protein right there. Okay, so 
just to give you an idea, you're going to need like four portions of that. You know, uh, if you're having protein powder consumed, great. You know, scoop or two, depending on your, you know, protein powder that you're using, scoop or two will basically equal about 20, 20 grams of protein or so, 20, 25 grams, I'd say, uh, on average. And, you know, aim for, aim for more, more protein. You will be amazed. That is, oh my gosh, usually that is the number one thing that I have folks focus on, you know, their first couple weeks working with me. Holy hell, do they realize that they're under eating protein because they're eating it kind of close to like the RDA, which, you know, it's archaic. Let's just put it that way. It's from the old war. It's from the world war times. Like it really needs to be updated. And a lot of nutritionists and nutrition, nutrition, you know, PhDs are really talking about the possibility of updating the RDA. Uh, but that's going to be uh, some, that's, I don't think that's on high on anyone's priority right now. Uh, especially with as expensive as protein can be. So if finances, speaking of which, if finances are difficult for you at the grocery store, see what is getting ready to expire, you know, meat and cook it right when you get home, cook it within the day or two, obviously before expiration, um, you know, look in the frozen foods aisle, get some frozen meat, get some, you know, go to a local butcher. You'd be surprised at actually how, how much more affordable things can be at a local butcher who, you know, sells product from local farmers and things like that. So, you know, there are definitely ways around it, or you can do plant-based protein, you know, that I haven't really seen the pricing go up on that personally, when I've gone to the grocery store in the recent weeks. So think about getting some tofu, you know, especially firm tofu, firm tofu is going to have more protein, but you know, don't be scared of beans. Beans are great. They have a lot of fiber. Um, they're going to make you poop. It's going to be fantastic. You're going to feel like you're on cloud nine, but again, Think about what you can add to your diet. Then think about what you can what you can kind of take away and minimize. Third, don't freaking be scared of fruit. I'm trying not to say the other F word. But seriously, fruit, it, it's, it's a beautiful food. Natural sugars that are found in fruit are a hell of a lot better than the added sugars that you find in other processed foods. So let's not demonize bananas for crying out loud, (laughs) you know, or apples. These fruits add so much more fiber and micronutrients to your day, and they should not be eliminated at all. Again, they add color, they add variety, they add fiber, they add pure and unadulterated joy to your meals. Um, the day that a fitness professional will tell me to stop eating blueberries or bananas is the day that I will probably uh, act like a, a 12-year-old and flip them off because that is a bunch of BS and I'm just going to stand here on my soapbox and share that that is BS. You should not, you know, don't be swayed by what someone who might have a large following on social media might say about a banana or a blueberry or an apple because at the end of the day, if it brings you joy and it makes you feel good, then eat it, you know, but uh, if it, if it makes you feel like shite, then consider, oh, maybe this is something I need to change. You know, maybe those six beers are not advantageous for me because I sleep like garbage, or maybe you do sleep great, but, or you go to sleep really well, but you're actually not sleeping well. So that's the other thing with alcohol. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and say with alcohol, you know, a lot of folks say that they drink alcohol to be able to fall asleep. trying to say this tactfully, maybe that's not actually the best way to try to fall to sleep. That's like someone trying to take a Benadryl or NyQuil or something to try to go to sleep. 
maybe you should be doing other skills and, and, you know, processes before bed, like meditating or doing some deep breaths or doing a brain dump, or maybe not having your dog sleep in your bed. Still to this day, I have friends who have their dog sleep with them and they, they will complain about not sleeping very well the next day that I see them. (laughs) And, you know, it's because so-and-so woke them up in the middle of the night. If that's happening, then maybe your dog shouldn't be in your bed. And trust me, that is very difficult for me to say because I am definitely a dog person, but Milo does not sleep in the bed. He sleeps in his bed and he sleeps in the closet. So there's actually a wall separating separating us. Don't worry, the door is open, people. I am not a, a monster, but that is how important sleep is for me. And trust me, he gets all of the cuddles in the morning and he gets all of the cuddles before bed. Okay, so you have to set parameters. Don't let other things in your life change what can make your life more prosperous and more, more, what's the word I'm looking for? Vibrant. I I want you to be able to thrive in your life and not have other folks, you know, change that for you. Okay, for the negative anyways. And by folks, I also mean dogs. I love them, but no. All right, so tip number four, and now I'm a monster, right? I'm probably going to get hate mail now. All right, so tip number four, move your body more. I'm saying it, and I'm, again, probably going to sound like a big meanie for saying that, but walk more, bike commute more, stand up from your desk more, just move your body more, and preferably move it by doing things that bring you joy, bring you greater happiness. If you like running, then great, go do it. You know, I even said that a couple of episodes ago, go and run, make yourself happy. Because I will go ahead and say that studies are also showing that it's not necessarily your change in your hormones or getting older that are making you gain weight or extra body fat as you age. It's actually the fact that that you're moving less and you're sitting more, and you're scrolling, and you're Netflixing, and, 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 and you probably get the idea. You sit your ass down too much, full stop. And of course, this is an exception, you know, if your movement is limited, like family members and friends, you know, or if you're bed bound, those are extremes that need to take that need to take other considerations. Okay, so let me just go ahead and say that. I'm not trying to be that cold-hearted. But for those of us who are ambulatory and can move, try aiming for at least a 30-minute walk per day, at least. And if you are if your mind is blowing right now and you're like, "Jen, I don't have 30 minutes." Great. Then break it up into 3-10-minute walks or 6-5-minute walks. Make it work for you, whatever that looks like for you. I think all too often, a lot of times I or others can give suggestions, you know, hey, walk for 30 minutes at a minimum every day, move your body for at least 30 minutes. And people are like, oh, I can't do that. I don't have an extra 30 minutes. I can't add another 30 minutes to my 24 hours, you know, Jen. Okay. Do you have a break in between two meetings? And will you, are you feeling tired? Great. Then get your ass outside and get some sun on your skin. Get some vitamin D, get some fresh air, get out of the damn office because guess what? Your boss that is trying to royally F you up the butt by working you to death, and I can't believe I even just said that, but I did. It's there. Um, Sorry, they're just an awful manager if they're expecting you to completely stay at your desk and, and get work done because what they're not realizing is studies have shown that you're going to be a lot more productive when you take a break for just five minutes, step away, 
go to the bathroom, go get some water, maybe step outside for a moment, breathe a couple deep breaths into your belly outside, fresh air, and then go back in. Now, I understand there are obviously exceptions. Keep in mind, I do work with a lot of healthcare workers, which a lot of you know, and they're in N95s all day, you know, right now. So they're not able to step outside and get some fresh air. Maybe when they have a lunch break, maybe. Uh, maybe that's when they actually are able to pee and, you know, use the restroom rather and drink and things like that. So if you're an office employee, just count your blessings on how easy it is. Like how hard is your life if you are an office worker and you're able to get up from your desk and you're able to go to the bathroom and you don't have to take a gown off. You don't have to take two layers of gloves off. You don't have to take an N95 or your hat cover or or, or scrubs that are eventually underneath all of the gowns and all of that other stuff. So no, no. If you're an office worker, and believe me, I've worked and I have been driven into the ground with high blood pressure and expectations from my manager. And let me tell you, like me taking that five minute walk was not what would get me fired from my job. You know, if that's the case, then trust me, there are plenty of other possibilities out there for you. And I can't believe I'm even talking about this for more than two minutes, but I am. Here I am. Um, and I'm only saying this out of love because I have been there before where I, I, like I said earlier, I had high blood pressure. I was under a lot of stress and I was working in the corporate setting and I was traveling and I was in an office. So please know I've been there and I know what it's like. And taking that five minute walk in between a couple of meetings is really going to make you feel so much better. You're going to have so much more energy for the rest of your day or that next meeting. And you're going to feel so ramped up and people are going to be like, what, what, what the hell is going on with this person? You know, like they are really showing up. They have more energy for these afternoon meetings. Cause we all know how awful afternoon meetings are, especially after lunch. <laughs> uh, so please, you know, I'll step off my soapbox eventually, but, but consider breaking up your day. And like I said, even if it's three, 10 minute walks or six, five minute walks, I don't give a crap, make it work for you. And of course, you've probably heard these other tips, you know, such as taking the stairs or parking your car further away, you know, and other things. But those do help add up to getting in more movement throughout your day, in addition to your workouts, because your workouts can only do so much if you've been sitting all day, all right? So just stand up. Maybe consider getting a sit-to-stand desk if you have the capability and finances to do that, um, or you can even get you know, $15, I think they're $30 actually at Target. It's a little, it's a little fold out thing that you can put your laptop on or your keyboard on and you can stand at your sitting desk. I mean, it's really cool. All right. Last but not least, if you haven't paused this, this podcast yet, hopefully you're still listening. Last but not least, fifth, fifth tip that I have for you is sleep, sleep, just go the F to sleep. (laughs) I think that's like a children's book, a funny children's book for adults who are parents. Um, your body, it needs to recover period. And you wonder why you don't have the energy to work out or get through your work day. And yeah, it's because you're, you're scrolling before bed at night or you're binging your favorite show until 11 o'clock at night, or maybe even just 10 o'clock. You know, those are again, great coping mechanisms, just like food and alcohol. (laughs) Sure. But they're not ideal if they impact your sleep and they impact your energy the next day. So what I usually recommend is setting a digital sunset for yourself at at least 30 to 60 minutes before bed so your brain and your eyes can rest from the from the blue light because the blue light that these things emit really do help stimulate 
you know, your brain and makes it more alert and it's hard for it to kind of come down from that. And sure, you can wear blue blocking glasses and everything, but you're still going to be stimulated, especially if you're watching shows like, you know, SVU or something that just has awful storyline. Great show. I watch SVU, but awful storylines, you know, of just physical violence before bed. Um, or like I said, a few episodes ago, (laughs) you know, Game of Thrones, not the best thing to be reading or watching rather before bed. And, you know, instead have that digital sunset again, at least 30 to 60, 60 minutes is more ideal before bed. So your brain and eyes can rest and then go to bed, read, maybe have sex. Well, I will go ahead and say, actually, this is pretty interesting and I need to confirm this. I probably should confirm it before I even say it here. But people who are hormonally women or have ovaries, you know, that are still producing hormones and are not on hormonal testosterone or anything like that, we might not be getting, we might not be able to actually get sleepy after sex. So something to keep in mind, and it is because of our sexual or like our hormonal response to, to intercourse, you know, to stimulation. So just something to think about. Um... But the goal here is to wind down, you know, get your body ready for sleep, get your brain and and eyes ready for sleep and your body will naturally wind down with the sunset. So don't fight those sleepy feelings that you have around eight to 9 PM right now. And instead just head to bed, relax, unwind, read. I really recommend reading. Um, but anyways, I, I can almost guarantee that after you, start having a digital sunset after a week or so, you will be sleeping so much better. And if you get the dog out of the bed, um, you're going to be sleeping so much better and so much more deeply. You know, if your animal doesn't bother you in the middle of the night, but then by all means, you know, don't kick them out of the bed. Um, yeah, you all know I'm like a huge dog person, but like, I know some dogs just toss and turn and it's just not good. It's not good for anyone, you know, but mostly the humans. (laughs) So, those are five tips that can help you with fat loss and none of them are super intense, right? They, they really just ask for a few minutes of your attention here and there, but in a positive manner. So maybe don't try all five of them at first, but do try one or two things for a week or two, get really solid with them. I usually recommend at least two weeks and then start to add on to those as you're feeling good and as you're feeling ready. So hopefully out of these five things, you have one or two that you're going to try at first. And if you do have one or two that you want to try at first, let me know, you know, add a comment to the Instagram post at shift human performance. And on that note, friends, I am out of here. I'm so grateful to have you listen to this episode today. If you did find this episode helpful, then please hit subscribe and do share it on the socials and tag me. So I do see it. And it seriously means so, so much to have your support along the way. And I hope you have a beautiful and restful day and you're able to maybe get a little bit better sleep and maybe some more greens and protein into your life. And on that note, 